0: This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11:15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. This morning's second reading is from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced a harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Some proclaim Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. These proclaim Christ out of love, knowing that I have been put here for the defense of the gospel. The others pro- proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but intending to increase my suffering in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Just this that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ this will turn out for my deliverance. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in any way but that by speaking with all boldness Christ will be exalted now as always in in my body whether by life or by death. For me, For to me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, Striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege, not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that I saw, that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Holy Wisdom, Holy Word. Grace and peace be
1: yours from Jesus, who is both the first and the last. Amen. In baseball, a guy who throws the first pitch and who also throws the last pitch in the game is uh, said to have done a complete game. That's, that's what that's, that's called. One pitcher, start to finish. Hardly anybody does that anymore. Uh, Kluber and Santana have leading all leagues with five complete games this whole year. So wh- what do you think the record for consecutive complete games would be? Let me give you a little clue. No one's done that in 15 years. So, what do you think the record would be for consecutive complete games? The guy's name's Jack Taylor. You ought to know his name. He uh, played first with the Cubs and then with the Cardinals. Jack Taylor has the record for consecutive complete games. He threw 187 of them. Back in the day, you had a pitcher, and the pitcher started the game, and the pitcher finished the game. That was the way you played the game. Today it is what we call a whole different ballgame. <laughs> Gustav Whitkey was the pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Pocahontas, Missouri. He came right out of seminary in 1925. He stayed until 1960. He didn't retire. He died. And every day I, I walked past his tombstone on my way to work. In the first week, I said, "I'm I'm the next Gustav Whitkey." And I left after three years. (laughs) Here's why I told you that. You ever start anything and then quit? Um, And then maybe wish you hadn't? Um, Music lessons, dance lessons. I remember my parents thought I was going to be the next great trombonist. I couldn't handle that. I quit. And as a result, I really never learned to read music. That's a shame. Every result, to do something, uh, get in shape, um, tithe. But, you know, that kind of stuff is hard. It's, it's easier just to have some chips, have a friendship, have a relationship, a little bit rough right now. It's easier sometimes to just cut off, just, just bail on each other. Now, there can be a lot of reasons that are good for, the, for, for quitting things. Let's make sure I say that. But if you ever look back and just said woulda, coulda, shoulda, uh, of course you have. Uh, that's the way life is. I want to suggest to you today that if the gospel of Jesus does not make any difference in exactly that scenario, woulda, shoulda, coulda, then we are, as Paul said of the church in Corinth, most to be pitied of all. We're beginning a four-week series. Uh, you've read that already in the, in the bulletin. Uh, very practical book in the Bible, Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, the Philippians. Uh, four chapters, four weeks. We're going to do exactly what we just did today. We're going to read one whole chapter each week. But I think you, frankly, will get more out of it if each week you sat down and you read all four chapters at once each week, and if you read them as maybe someone who really loved you sending you a letter when it really mattered. Paul begins the first chapter, this first page of his letter, with a verse that I have had just a little bit of time to think about getting ready for this sermon. Um, It was my confirmation verse uh, 53 years ago. Back in that day, you had confirmation verses. You had to memorize had and repeat them almost every day. If tattoos had been popular then, they'd have had tattooed on my arm. I'm sure of it. Here's how I learned it. He who began a good work in you will complete it on the day of Jesus Christ. Here's how you just heard it. The one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Here's what you did not hear in either one of those. I am convinced that you started a good work, and you'll bring it to completion when you're done. Since this is the first week of our focus on Philippians, let's make sure we understand a little bit about the church to which he writes. Using the term very loosely, Paul started the church in Philippi. He never intended to do that. Um, He never actually ever planned to even go there. Roughly 50 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, Paul has a conversion experience in Jerusalem in the same area of the world in Palestine. And from there, Paul decides that he's not really uh, going to cut it here in, in Palestine and that he has a calling to go into Asia Minor. And he, and he sets himself a target, I'm going this way. And that story is found in the 16th chapter of Acts. So picture this guy. You may know someone like him. Paul, driven... An academic, a Pharisee, a zealot, never does anything halfway, used to setting a course and telling everybody, let's get it done. Paul says, this is where we're going. And one night he has a vision, he has a dream, and in that dream there's a man from Macedonia. That's all we know about it in the dream. Macedonia is Greece. Macedonia, Greece is over here. And the man keeps saying, come over here, come over here and help us. Come help us, come over here and help us. And the dream is so vivid and the man is begging so much that Paul quits what he's doing and changes direction. And he goes to Macedonia, to Greece, to a little town called Philippi. Now, if that were not strange enough, and frankly from my angle, that's pretty strange, uh, when Paul gets there, it is a Sabbath, and he cannot find a synagogue. He cannot find anywhere to worship. In order to have a synagogue, you had to have 10 male Jews, and there weren't 10 male Jews in all of Philippi. So here he is in his town, Philippi, a Jewish Christian, and he's had this vision from God that says, Come help us. And he goes there, and there's nobody there to help. So he decides what he's going to do. He's just going to go down, walk by the river, and shoot up a few prayers on his own. And as he's walking along the river, he comes to a group of women. And they are praying. And they're being led by a woman named Lydia. And she is a woman of some means. She's a business woman. She's a Gentile. She's Greek. Let me say that another way. She's not male she's not Jewish, and she don't know Jesus. The book of Acts says, the Lord God opened her heart. It does not say she made a decision or she decided for Jesus, but the Lord God opened her heart. So here's, here's the setup to the story. The God gives uh, Paul a vision. The Lord creates Paul's itinerary in the first place, and then the Lord changes the itinerary and sends him another direction and then calls a Greek woman named Lydia, and she says to Paul, if you believe in this Lord Jesus that you claim, and if you believe that I believe, then you need to come to my house today and we will worship that God together. And he does, and they do, which, by the way, breaks about a dozen Jewish laws, and it is the beginning of what we know as church. Church in Philippi, and that's whom this four-chapter letter is written many years later. Here's the backstory to the back story. That's the first church in the continent of Europe. It will grow dramatically. Some of you who have been on cruises have visited the ruins of that church. Think about the great tradition of the Christian Church in all of Europe and the Western Hemisphere. and it starts with a vision and a guy named Paul and a woman named Lydia, and a church WWW. Accepting All in a place called Philippi. Now, I want you to hear that no human being ever whiteboarded something like that. Nobody sat down and said, hey, I got a strategic plan on how we're going to start this first church. God did that. God was up to something among them, and no matter what you think is going on right now, he will say to the Philippians, God is up to something among you right now, and God can be trusted. And the one who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Let me say that again because there is so much hope in that. The one who began a good work in you will complete it by the day of Jesus. God is a faithful God. God is faithful in everything God does. When you walk out of this church this week, your hope, your confidence is not based on what you know. It's not based on how good the music was or how the pastor preached or what you've done or what you believe. Your ability to pitch a complete game doesn't matter. Your ability to smile or manufacture joy doesn't matter. It's not about your faithfulness. It's about God's faithfulness. The one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. That one is God. Now, trusting that God has already done everything in Christ Jesus, which, by the way, in baseball terms, that's what's called a quality start. God's already done everything necessary to win this game. And that God will be faithful to complete what God has begun. Trusting that is not easy. It's easy to lose sight of what matters. And that is the point of the four-page letter. And that's why Paul is writing them now. That despite what you're going through right now, he says, despite the bickering and the complaining and all the things that are going on in the world and in the Roman Empire and all the suffering that you're enduring and the big gap between the wealthy Christians and the poor Christians, despite all of that, like every church that ever was, Paul gets it. you got some stuff going on. No matter what, Paul says, God is faithful. Well, I'm starting to worry about it. it. didn't work at eight. I thought it might work here. You can tell we're Lutheran. Somebody would have said amen. I mean, just somebody would have just frankly said amen. I mean, I, I guarantee that if you're letting this in, if you're getting past your head and into your heart, there's something inside of you that should find some hope that you didn't put there. And some joy that you didn't wear Just knowing that the one, the one who created you is going to bring this whole thing to completion someday. He's the starter and he's the closer. He's the alpha and omega. He's the first and the last. He's the sower and the reaper. He's the author and the perfecter of the faith. He was, he is, he shall be. Even death and the grave cannot stop him. God is Faithful. No matter what, says Paul, don't lose hope right now. Don't lose your sense of joy in the gospel. Look, I, I do know how this works. I know it personally, and those of you who know me personally know it. You've been praying about something and for someone. Maybe they're ill. Maybe they're suffering. Maybe have been praying for years. Seems like nothing is happening. Don't quit praying, no matter what, because there is someone answering your prayers, and you're a parent, you have a child going in a direction that's just killing you as a parent. Keep loving, keep praying, doing all the right things. There is someone more powerful, more faithful than even you who keeps the promises. And you're on some kind of spiritual quitting point where you said, I've, I've had it with this. And you're trying to walk with God, but it's hard. and it, It's easy to get discouraged. And you know that you can quit. You know you can. And you can quit any time. But God's not going to quit. Maybe God wants you to make a dent in the poverty of the world, the injustice of the world, and send in a couple hundred bucks to a Lutheran disaster response or 1,200 buddy bags just doesn't seem to make a difference. But it does because there is one who is bringing to completion what has begun. And I can think of a thousand scenarios, and they're overwhelming sometimes. Each and every one of us is tempted to throw in a towel. And yes, it produces anxiety and sometimes depression and quitting layers of shame on top of even that. You want to pitch a complete game, but you can't. Hmm. Ten days from retirement, don't think I don't know that. I'm passing on today my confirmation verse. If it was up to me, I would have it tattooed on you. <laughs> The one who began a good work in you is faithful and will bring it to completion. Look, no matter what, God is faithful. There is hope, there is joy. It is not possible on your own, never has been. You might get a few good innings now and then. You might even get a quality start, but you cannot finish. We can do what we can do. Keep the faith, run the race, says Paul. And we ought to do just that. Of course we ought to as witnesses of Jesus. But sometimes even knowing that, It is not enough to complete the game ourselves. And at those moments when you really struggle with that, what you might need more than anything else is just somebody to sit down and send you a good four-page letter and remind you where this whole thing began. Sometimes you just need someone to remind you that no matter what, the one who began a good work is faithful. Amen.